Good evening, everybody out there in podcast land. This is Michael Kelly checking in uh, from the studio here. This is actually uh, what you're about to listen to is the second half of our discussion concerning uh, the much maligned, beleaguered, uh, hellish behavioral modification experiment that is Godzilla 1998. Before we get back into uh, that, and we're about an hour and ten minutes into that discussion, uh, we being myself, Nathan Bear, uh, and series regular at this point, Cara Palermo, and then we brought back our, our very first guest host, Tom Beto. He's from the Son of Godzilla episode. A couple of quick things uh, regarding Godzilla, uh, the, the latest Godzilla film. Uh, number one, it is referred to as Shin Godzilla officially. The title has, has been changed from Godzilla Resurgence to Shin Godzilla uh, number two, uh, our good friends at Funimation, the same company that released the Attack on Titan Parts 1 and 2 uh, here in the States, uh, has acquired the uh, United States dis distribution rights to uh, Shin Godzilla. So it will be coming to the United States sometime uh, late 2016, and you're going to be gosh darn sure that Nate and I are going to review it for you, get our, throw in our two cents on it. Uh, a couple other folks uh, have already kind of chimed in uh, from, you know, early reviews are coming in from, from Japan uh, in regards to Shin Godzilla. They are referring to it as an unprecedented kaiju masterpiece, uh, which would mean that, yes, it is definitely better than Godzilla 1998. Uh, also, you know, just real quick, uh, you can still find us on iTunes. Please subscribe, comment, rate, do all those things, or do none of them. You know, really, it's up to you. The ball's in your court. Uh, we're also still on Facebook at the Godzilla Pod War Hour, and you can still find us chiming in on Twitter every once in a while at uh, Mike Kelly at Godzilla Pod War. Anyways, thank you for listening, and now our conversation will resume. So then there's a full two hours of film left. Yeah. Jean <laughs> Renault appears, and this is another brief, you know, oh, thank goodness Jean Renault is here, where he establishes his uh, gnome de plume as uh, a, uh, actually, no, he uses his real name, his, uh, his name Roche, uh, and he establishes his uh, fake identity as an insurance salesman. Uh, and that's, that's good. It's actually, that's kind of a funny bit, you know. Wow, you got here fast. That's what we do, you know. Um, yeah. Is that the part where um, he walks into the room full of guns and he's like, "How'd you get all this in here?" And he's like, "You can buy anything." No, that's you know, like that's two what... hours later. <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah, that's two... that would have been great <laughs> if that had happened like right now. Uh, however, we are still in the Bahamas, <laughs> right? Uh, or excuse <laughs> me, in Jamaica. In uh, in Jamaica. We right haven't now, even so reached I'm New French. York yet. Uh, <laughs> There's a scene where Godzilla <laughs> does. Uh, it's basically Deadliest Catch Kaiju Edition. <laughs> uh, which it was weird how much those guys did not curse. Yes. Uh, at least you'd think someone would be like, oh shit, or something. <laughs> but basically, you you know, this is not the first time that Roland Emmerich will rip off Steven Spielberg in this movie. But Or it's not, it's the first time, it's not the last. Yeah. But like, um, so they... 
Yeah, there's three, uh, I guess, like, crab fisherman boats, like, again, Deadliest Catch, Perfect Storm style, and they all sort of are going, and then they, one of them gets caught and, like, isn't going forward, and the, the other two get caught, and they're, you know, they're about 100 feet or so uh, spread out from each other. And it's actually sort of a cool visual because eventually they all three of them start getting pulled backward. And it just looks like a miserable scene to execute practically because it is practical. And those are three full-size boats. Mm. Um, So, like, basically all the boats get pulled underwater. And it gives you that fake Hollywood, like, happy ending scene where it's like, oh, like, some of the guys are still alive at the end of it. Even though it's like they're in the middle of the ocean. They're all going to drown. Yeah. So it's like, and it's like a storm. We, 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 you know, they're like, they're in as good a shape as Mark Wahlberg is at the end of Perfect Storm. Yes. So like dead. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, but like that scene, again, there's dashes of like, oh, there could have been effective things here. Yeah. These feel like five separate introductions to this movie. Just one right after the other. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in, in the original Godzilla, they show, leave just one ship being destroyed, and then they mention other happenings. Right. And that movie's only, what, an hour and a half? Yeah. So they, 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 you establish that something's going wrong, and then you establish that the rescue ship gets destroyed, and that happens within the first, you know, ten minutes of the film, five minutes of the film. Yeah. You know, This like, monstrosity is, like, two hours and 19 minutes. And... Is that the longest Godzilla film? It's got to be one of them. Yeah. If you count this as a Godzilla movie, and a lot of people don't, and Toho officially calls this monster Zilla. It's, it? it's like it's been featured in, God, it was in Godzilla Final Wars, where it actually fought the real Godzilla. And was immediately, and was immediately killed. killed. <laughs> um, took the god out of Godzilla. That's exactly what they yeah. did. I mean, it was, they call it Zilla in, in reference to like Bridezilla, or like Mozilla, or like... The American tendency just to put Zilla on the end of everything, uh-huh. and also the American tendency to turn the name Gojira into Godzilla, yeah. <laughs> but then to further just have the Zilla part of it. Um, and so that was featured in Godzilla Final Wars and also the comic book series Godzilla Rulers of the Earth, uh-huh. where Zilla also came back. So come back a few times in other things, but... Yeah, it's just sort of like a TV own... series. Oh, yeah, and the TV show. The cartoon. Update yeah. Godzilla 98 is the second longest Godzilla film behind the two hour and 40 minute Godzilla Raids Again. Oh, yeah. God. You guys remember that? That was about four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That movie it felt more like. To watch. Yeah, it felt four years long. It was. Uh... Oh. And uh, that movie also, lots of uh, what, fishing in that movie. Lots of fishing. Lots of fishing. I could have done Co- with more fishing in 98. I wish Kobayashi was in this movie <laughs> to see a friendly face. That's Hi, it. guys. That's nice. an extreme callback. Um, Kobayashi is a character who sacrifices himself for absolutely no reason. At the end of Godzilla Raids, again, like two minutes into like the 25-minute long I mean, climax. in fairness, he was annoying, so his sacrifice yeah, so was, was a okay. great relief to us. Uh, speaking <laughs> of annoying characters, right around now is where they introduce Audrey, who is... Maria Patillo. Oh, while we were taking our break, I thought of another example of someone who's obviously like put in a movie, and it's like they were going to be like the next big thing, like the big push, and then vanished. Mm-hmm. And that is the guy who played the character Chainsaw from uh, Summer School mm-hmm. with, with Mark Harmon and Kirstie Alley. That's you, a deep you, cut. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know who I'm talking about <laughs> no. right now. No, none of us do. 
But if you go back and watch Summer School, there's a character named Chainsaw who is given like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes of screen time and like a lot of zingers. And yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. This thing where they just get erased from existence. Like Poochie. Yeah, like Poochie, exactly. Now we must never talk about it again. So that's Maria Patillo. Um, so she plays Audrey. Basically, she's uh, Carrie Shear's assistant. They have a quick little scene where a couple other cast members from The Simpsons are there. And like she's like, hey, I really want to cover this story or some bullshit thing and harry Shearer's like will you have dinner with me and she's like no and he's like no. At, at her at her place, at he, her place. He, he's he's demanding sex in exchange yeah. for uh work yeah exactly uh, a ch- chance to work for him which uh, then cuts to the redhead hitting on matthew broderick which felt a little weird like yeah. don't worry everyone can have sexual harassment yeah not just men. yeah yeah it's sort of sort of weird and I think somehow she she quits like twice or whatever. Like she just goes home because they, they cut to like her. She's in a diner with with, with her, Hank Azaria yeah, and, and her Hank Azaria's Hank wife. Azaria's wife. I don't know. She's like she's such a good her. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, this this town's not so, for good so, girls. So that's where they are. Yeah. Okay. Then. And they're talking about how she needs to be a dirtier or whatever yeah or like more cutthroat to get ahead in her career as a journalist something and then godzilla comes up well then they go into they actually have the second the full teaser like the second teaser trailer for the movie where the old dude named joe Mm -hmm. goes out and fishes and and then roland emmerich uh steals from jaws uh the scene where quint uh you know is, is out with the fishing pole and it starts taking out the line and takes out a ton of line and mm-hmm. then he just has to, you know, that whole, which that scene is perfect. That movie's a masterpiece. This movie is not. Uh, <laughs> and God's like, the guy basically goes fishing and catches Godzilla, okay? Or Zilla. And so like, then Zilla comes ashore. And we have a full on, uh, this is actually another, like one of those few rare moments yeah, of just good. again, like everything Movie, when maybe. Joe starts there's a there's a shot like at the end of whatever where like they push in and you can see New York and I think like it's after the initial setup with uh with Audrey and and it's like right when, from when Joe starts fishing to when they have that scene where they introduce Mayor Ebert Yes. Who is clearly supposed to be Roger Ebert, who destroyed this movie, as I've tried to say, yeah. but like he did not like it. Gene Siskel put it on his worst movies of the year yeah. list. And they put they put a uh like they put them into this movie because Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin were not didn't like how they reviewed Stargate, mm-hmm. starring James Spader, and also uh Independence Day, so they're like, well, we're gonna beat them at their own game and just put them as characters in the movie. And Roger Ebert was pissed off afterwards, not because they put him in the movie, but because they didn't have the balls to kill him. Yes, they're like, if you're gonna put me in the movie, at least have Godzilla step on me, you pussies. Yeah, <laughs> his words, not ours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and and they play it interestingly because there's Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel, so you have Mayor Ebert and his assistant Gene. Right. We never hear Gene's last name. We never hear Mary Ebert's first name. Right. Yeah. Uh, so and then Gene Siskel died a year later. So it was sort of like yeah. kicking a sick man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sort of like how Tommy Tanaka died. 
yeah. after the reveal of the design. Yeah. Follow the money. <laughs> follow, follow the money. Illuminati confirmed. Uh, um, but no, it, again, that scene where like they're downtown and they're at the rally. Yeah, and then suddenly, and, 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 and of course, the depiction. All those scenes are tone deaf and fucking terrible. Yeah. I think does that need to be said out loud? I mean, <laughs> it's all like, but okay. I think that was established yeah. in our preamble. Right, to this exactly. Section okay. of... So, so not effective. But the like the shot of the this mass of body like coming around the corner, and and like all the the drops like. That's done well, yeah, or as good as it could be, and uh, and then Hank Azaria, who's who's talking with Audrey in the diner, he see because he's got his camera on him. He goes out in the street and tries to take footage of this thing, and we end up seeing like the first sort of full body shot of, of Godzilla, kind of. Um, a lot of it's just his feet and like his, you know, shins. Yeah, um, but Which, like, yeah, you I mean, know. Not kind, terrible. Not terrible. No, it kind of works. But um, immediately after this is when they're like, oh, he disappeared. Yes. Because they realized that they could not maintain this level of special effects and not have the movie in 1998 cost like $300 million. Yeah. So that's why he just disappears for like 40 minutes at a time. Yeah. And you know, other Godzilla movies, first of all, are only like an hour and a half. But they also choose correctly to be like, hey, let's not bring out Godzilla to like... There's 30 minutes of the movie left or whatever. And then we'll just show them a lot so we won't have these weird pacing problems. But I feel this movie, like, they need to, like, get Godzilla out there. But then they're like, oh, shit, there's an hour and 20 minutes of this movie left. And, again, we don't have an extra $200 million to waste the special effects. So it's another another problem with uh, Godzilla 2014 is the fact that probably maybe even now for the same reasons budgeting they decide to keep cutting away from Godzilla in moments where it would have been like please we paid to see this movie we paid to see the big man uh you know shake some shit up yeah uh and we're constantly denied it um uh yeah I have Godzilla disappears due to poor poorly thought out pacing yeah oh and then I wrote down Matthew Broderick's delivery of That's a Lot of Fish is unforgivable. As is his hat. Yes. In the first part of the Well, movie. they... So, we're, we're, we're going to have to do some editing of our own here, but uh, they... they <laughs> eat... Jump in anytime, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Take the raids. That's a lot of fish. That's He says it like, that's a lot of fish. Yeah. It's, it's nowhere near as effective as when Jeff Goldblum says, that's a big pile of shit. Yeah. Or as effective as when Paul Lynn comes in and halfway through the film and just says, oh my goodness, it smells like fish in here. But you don't have to take my word for it. Yes. <laughs> see, see Paul Lynn was gay and... He, uh, played, <laughs> he played Templeton in the Charlotte's Web animated movie. Don't doesn't anyone on the same page. This show has fallen apart. <laughs> Quicker than this to, movie has. We uh, need to end it. No, it's about the same pace. Um... <laughs> Long and protracted. Godzilla, Godzilla disappears. The military, you know, New York is evacuated. The military predictably shows up, and you get a bunch of you know, mostly airheads uh, in uniforms, you know, pointing at maps and saying, "Well, this is what we're going to do." You get the mayor saying, "I just evacuated the entire city for for nothing. You don't even know if it's really there. Why can't we just put people back into harm's way?" Yeah. Anyways. Um, this movie is all about oh, incompetence. There's uh, a part where in the um, 
in the news broadcasts where they're talking about everyone evacuating the city and that they've looted the Disney and Warner Brothers yeah. stores. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that some cheap dig at like rival movie studios? I didn't understand what was going on with that. It's... Yeah. Well, it was the 90s. By this point, China was bootlegging a lot of, uh, you know, Lion King and presumably uh, Beauty and the Beast uh, VHSs. I'm sure that was a, a thing by mm-hmm. this point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's that deep. I think they were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And weren't you in, in, in Thailand at this point? I was. Did, were you able to, like... No, no not th- at this point, at this before point, that. Before that, were yeah. you able to get, like, movies that were in theaters on VHS? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely yeah. a thing, yeah. but I'm, I really think that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Okay. I kind of wonder if it was just, like, what are the big stores in Times Square? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The Disney, and, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like Saks Fifth Avenue or like, right? you know... Well, Disney seems like a weird choice for looters. True. Yeah. yeah. You know? Merchandise. <laughs> then they should have they should have shown a group of like 30 people wearing Mickey Mouse hats just getting squashed <laughs> by Godzilla. <laughs> like, fuck you, Disney. <laughs> um, uh, the military... I understand that no one's ever faced something like this before, but they seem incredibly incompetent in this movie. Like, when they first jump ahead, they get Godzilla to come out, they put a big pile of fish out, and they're like, we're gonna lure them out of the tunnels. And at this point, they're just using, like, regular guns? There's just men... I mean, that seems like a terrible plan. Well, there is a tank (laughs) and some missiles, but even that seems completely ineffective because they they don't know how to aim. You sort of wish for the lunacy of the old Toho movies of just like, just have a giant net. Yeah. (laughs) Just doesn't someone have a giant metal net laying around that we can just electrify? But Uh, even the way they all talk, like the way the colonel talks in this is just like, I don't know, do whatever. Like, (laughs) fuck you, don't look at me. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like a civilian wrote it who doesn't know anything about the military. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also, I want to talk about this scene where Godzilla comes out because there's a really weird music choice here. Yeah. Where like instead of magical. it being like scary, yeah. it's like, look at the majesty of Godzilla. Yes. That's what the music yes. is doing. Yeah, yeah. But that's not what the scene is doing, really. So it's very. Yeah. It seems very well, odd. And it makes you I, feel bad because up to this point, it's just an animal. And it almost. And Matthew Broderick. And Godzilla had this moment where it doesn't eat Matthew Broderick, and it's like eating the fish and not Matthew Broderick. Uh-huh. And I would also like to say that I think this movie might secretly be a sequel to Seven, directed by David Fincher, <laughs> because it's cloudy and raining the entire movie, and it's in a major metropolitan city. Although oh my we can sense that this point, is New York. <laughs> there's a point where they kind of zoom in on Matthew Broderick and the girl, and you can't even, like, see their faces. It's raining so much. Yeah, it's a strong choice. Yeah. And they also did it because it made it easier to hide Godzilla if it's raining and cloudy yeah. the whole movie. It's the same reason why a lot of the fights in Pacific Rim take place at yeah. night in the rain. Mm-hmm. But that movie had something that this movie did not. Um, a sequel with John Boyega. Confirmed. Yes. Nice. <laughs> a little bit of news in there. Ooh. Scoop. Scoop. But as you were saying, Kara. That's all I wanted. His general say. incompetence from all parties involved. Well, it just about. so like Matthew Broderick is, I guess, mesmerized by the beast. The fact that this know. giant mutant iguana looks so much like Shere Khan from the Jungle Book. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brought back to his childhood. Well, when Godzilla <laughs> first comes through New York, does he do anything on purpose to kill or maim anybody? I mean, is the movie like again? He's you just said, looking really? for fish. You said, oh my goodness, he's. You said that the the problem is is that they didn't portray him as a good guy. That's or a what bad Dean guy. Devlin said was one of the problems. Right, right. Dean Devlin said that. So I mean, and no, I don't think that's a problem. Right. So maybe yeah. in that that this particular scene, it was sort of like, you know, them trying to portray it not as like a scary monster, but as yeah, yeah. As a, I don't feel like it didn't seem right. Right. It, it didn't feel. It felt very weird. And then we don't. We're not angry at the military or Matthew Broderick. There's no, like, everyone just seems to be on board, like, oh, we have right. to destroy this. But at the same time, Godzilla doesn't even seem menacing enough to warrant it. It's like, yeah. it's a bad thing. We need to get rid of it. But just the tone fluctuates so much. Yeah. And it seems like, again, the only reason why this monster has not been killed thus far is only due to incompetence and an inability to aim... Uh, Large right. weapons. Right. That's the major... It's, it's Shere Khan-like reflexes. Uh, <laughs> to go with its looks. Yeah. Though it would have been cool if uh, somehow this Godzilla, they could go back in time and have Idris Elba do the voice of... Uh, Something. Of, of Godzilla. Um, I mean, I do truly believe that there is... Uh, that they were trying to include some element of Verhoeven-like... Um, criticism of the American military. And oh, absolutely. American yeah, yeah. And, but it's, yeah. they're just so incompetent that they couldn't really pull it off. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because in Star imagine Trek, Paul Verhoeven made this. this it would have been incredible. Yeah. Amazing. It would have been. It would have been. It would have been great. Because um, we'd at least feel some form of purposeful satire, or we'd know. Yeah. What to feel? Like when, when you watch it. RoboCop, <laughs> you definitely feel. That like because it's like by the way this is the eighties this is the eighties this is what life is like now this is how the news reports things this is how we're dealing with things this yeah. is you know it it just it just reeks of what was going on then mm-hmm. uh, and e- even a movie like Starship Troopers which does not take place in any uh, time any actual existence. Uh, just the far distant future and whatnot, um, you at least feel what it's satirizing. Uh, after this, the, so, yeah, they try to get a bunch of fish, and then um, Godzilla and and Matthew Broderick have them, they almost make out. Um, they're so close. It's pretty he sexy. Ma- he makes a pretty great face when Godzilla breathes. <laughs> yeah, he'd be so deaf! All that, all that fish breath. Yeah. Well, I'm just uh, you think that's a that's a pure piece of acting from Broderick. I, I did yeah. I did feel the bad smell coming from yeah. the TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. So smell it's, television turned into smellovision for that second. Then there's the helicopter chase where Godzilla is very very sneaky. Yeah. Somehow no one thought to like cut off the you know like have one. No one thought about above, many things. Below whatever is that, you is know. That the scene where they blow up the Chrysler building. Yes. Yeah. So three Apache class uh, attack helicopters pursue Godzilla after he runs away from the tuna. They destroy the building, like the flat bush building, flatbread something. It's the building where the fucking Daily Bugle is from the Sam Raimi Spider movie, Spider Spider Man movies. Um, Spider Man. Spider from the Spider Man Sp- movies. 
It's made of movies. Um, and, uh, and, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I got this made out of the bread. Uh, and they chase him through Manhattan for a while. And again, the movie comes very close to being at least forgivable. Uh, there's some cool stuff here, but also like so impossible. Like the end of this, they, they chase him for a while and then get, there's like, they come around a corner and again, due to Dean Devlin's directory, you know, direct issue to Mr. Totopoulos, Mr. Patrick Totopoulos, Godzilla designer on this film. He had to be fast. So now you can have, cause, because Godzilla's tail is perpendicular, or sorry, parallel to the ground, he can run super fast, like 200 miles an hour, faster than the Japanese Shinkansen, according to Harry Shear and the DVD extra behind-the-scenes featurettes. Which is weird, because later in the taxi cab chase, oh, yeah, they're they, outrunning him. Oh, yeah. It's, it's he a, can't be going more than well, 78 Well, Harry times. Shear did mention in the end, because of uh, the... Uh, the behind the scenes, he's on the phone with somebody saying, now, like, have we oh, actually oh, yeah, factualized yeah, yeah. this or are we just blowing this up our own behinds? It's like Bryce Dallas Howard outrunning the T-Rex at the end of Jurassic World really makes you think. Um, she's in heels. Um, so, but what, basically, the end of this chase is Godzilla, what happens is Godzilla dives into a building and burrows underground and knows how to go back far enough and quietly burrow into the building across the street and wait for the three helicopters to be looking at the other hole and then jumps out of that building and swats them down. I mean, that's a very high level of, like, plotting and planning Especially and, like, for, executing yeah, a plan. For a monster like that eats them. fish. Right. It's like, if he had been eating, like, blue whales or something, you know... He does, like, he's never had to hunt. <laughs> yeah. Who's so, fish? Like, like, like he's, steal, he's taking fish that other people have been, uh, have been already procuring. Like, he attacks a fishing ship. He attacks a fishery in New York. He's not, like... Eating fish that he caught himself. So, uh, uh, Matthew Broderick notices some uh, viscous discharge uh, lying in the street, presumably because him and Zilla almost made out, and a little pre-something squirted out. We don't know. <laughs> it's never really addressed. It, maybe it's just blood. And so he goes and buys $46 worth of pregnancy tests. Why would you think to do that? Yeah. Uh, now, Kara, I'm going to be passing this off to you for the yeah. science portion Please. Please. of today's okay. program. Well, I don't really know that much about asex asexual reproduction, which is what they say Godzilla is able to do. Seahorses, right? No. no. Seahorses is no. just the father carries Perfect. the eggs. Anyway... <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I think it's weird. I expected them to start calling him a she at this point. But yeah, they don't absolutely. do that. Yeah, um, I even remembered them starting to call her a she, and then they didn't. I'm like, I remember. And I that don't wrong. think I don't really think the leap of logic makes sense no. that we've only seen one of these ever. We never knew it was here. There can't possibly be another one, and thus it has to reproduce this way. But uh, I mean, that's just what really killed the film is the <laughs> fact that they didn't create a, a realistic way for them to create a sequel. I mean, you know, 
All they have to say is, maybe there's another one out there. No, but they do. That's the cliffhanger at the end. Yeah, but that egg is going to be found. Sorry to spoil this, but, uh, you know. But well, it's hatching it, as the movie ends. Well, it's going to be found, it, it, and they're going to kill well, it. Okay, let's go into the nerd territory. But they're born pregnant. They're born pregnant, much like Tribbles. <laughs> oh, <Star> yes. <laughs> Technically, conically speaking, that egg was found by Dr. Tatopoulos in the premiere episode of Godzilla the Animated Series on the Fox Box. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he did find it, hatched it, and trained a good Godzilla, and then they fought the mutant wars. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all the TV show sequel stuff in yeah. this movie. Not to be right. confused with Reptilicus, which was the movie released by the ripoff of what? Godzilla. Was that the Danish movie? movie? Yeah, I think. Or, no, no, sorry. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was, uh, I remember that. There was. There's a lot a of, like, I guess, in the weeds sort of science stuff. I could say that I don't really know is true. Like, I don't know if non-mammals actually produce the same hormones that would show up on a pregnancy test. Yeah. I mean, I don't think things that reproduce in this way would lay eggs. I Komodo mean, dragons. All sorts of problems here, but who cares? I believe Komodo dragons <laughs> can was, reproduce that, asexually. That was the director's attitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I believe Komodo dragons can reproduce who cares? asexually. Where's the cocaine? <laughs> However, they're all, like, female. Yeah. They, they can somehow, like, clone themselves. That was one thing that Roger Ebert also pointed out, is that you couldn't see Godzilla's dick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's obviously yeah. a female. Uh, I got two problems with this I got two problems. <laughs> one, I'm not dead. Two, you can't see his dick. <laughs> I came for a dick and to see me get crushed by that giant reptile dick. It's <laughs> always classic. That's the scene he wanted. Which is why, in Return of the King, Peter Jackson specifically put a dingus on the uh, the only font or whatever that Legolas is riding on. Look, I'm just saying I, I noticed it. There was no, that's a bulge fine. between the legs no, dude. of that only elephant, whatever. Dude, it's normal. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Anyways, Nick and Audrey re-meet. They have a re-meet cute... Because Audrey's watching the TV at one point, and she sees Matthew Broderick. She's like, "I used, I fucked this guy over in college. I should have married him, but I wanted so to be cute. I wanted to be Harry Shearer's assistant or whatever." So like, they uh, they re meet cute at the pharmacy when he's buying all these things, and I just put dead air because um, just they have no charisma. Ugh. Oh, you awful, must awful. have such a harem. Yeah, yeah, that's her response to all the... A lot of cold chills and sort of... How do they reproduce asexually? Watch. Where's the fun in that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I expected that, that to be a running gag. I almost expected when Matthew Broderick later goes to the army officers and mentions the potentiality of there being eggs and it being asexual. I was surprised that one of the generals didn't say, where's the fun in that? Like, well, I, I'm surprised. There's... There's a lot of lines. She said, where's the fun in that? There's another... She betrays Matthew Broderick. Over a story. Yeah, over a story. For a guy that... And Matthew Broderick also has, like, a photo collage of her, like, in his tent. Oh, yeah, what he's putting in the electric... What he's putting in the the tent? uh... (laughs) What? He's carrying around with him. Yeah, Yeah, because when he's getting the worms and he's opening his equipment box... There's like a photo of the two of them. Just so let it go. It's been oh. eight years, and he's still like, no. this, if yep. that is his equipment box, it is also his picture box of yeah. her. Because it's like, 
you know, stalker material confirmed. And I thought I was watching the beginning of a Law and Order episode. It was, like, (laughs) crazy. So he's clearly still, like, psycho in love with her. And uh, she steals this tape, the tape of Godzilla 1998, the VHS tape, which shows the (laughs) old Japanese guy saying Gojira. And then, like, the footage of them watching the tape. In Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> um, it almost goes full space balls where they're watching the part where they're watching the part. Um, but she's like, so she takes that and then makes this report that then they take her out of it and put Harry Shear into it. Yeah. Even though I think they would just put it on air. I'm not sure how it would go. Well, my question is, how did she not see that coming? Like, this is a man who clearly has no moral compass whatsoever. Uh, oh, Harry Shear? Yeah, yeah, Harry Shear. It's well, like... Yeah, and how did... Like, it's just But also, crazy. she's not a news reporter. Yeah. You can't just suddenly be like, I'm gonna report the news. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe you could if, if the situation was happening. You know, giant monster. I mean, everything's yes. crazy. They were... They they <laughs> did have to relocate to Jersey. Uh, yeah, And so, I know, you know, Kara, you're, you're, a, you're a token Jersey es- expert. Um, yeah, yeah, that's also why we brought they it here. They got that slam on Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so... just want to say Cherry Hill is a very nice place. It's, uh, okay, but also, <laughs> like, when Matthew Broderick puts, puts together that, like, she took the tape, he goes, oh my god, she took it! Just the way he's delivered that line has always, always been just so... It's almost as if they were actually doing a line reading together. Like, Like, like that's why they were all... That line reading, and then, like, the other one where he says, that's a lot of fish. Yeah. And then when uh, Maria Patillo is in her bed afterwards, she's like, what am I doing? I'm not like this. I don't do things like this. This isn't me. There's all these lines in this movie where it seems like they never made choices as actors. They simply memorized the dialogue and then just repeated the dialogue. And they were filming and that was the take they used. And it was like they were doing a dress rehearsal. And then in this scene where he, you know, it's just like, oh, she must have taken the tape. They fire Matthew Broderick. Now, they fire him over a, a, a brief leak of information that really hasn't harmed anybody. Right. Like, it's not like he delivered military secrets. But you or... gotta you gotta have the bullshit thing where then he then tells her off and is then goes into the cab that is being driven by Jean Renault. Yes. That then pulls away. That then Hank Azaria yes. sees this. He doesn't know that Matthew Brod- Broderick has been kidnapped by Jean Renault secretly posing as a cab driver. Yeah. He just jumps into his van and is like, I'm gonna follow Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Right now. So, like, that's awesome. <laughs> and yeah. um, and it briefly gets good when we see Jean Reno again, because he's <laughs> confident and seems to know exactly what he's dealing with. Right. Um, yeah, yeah he, he announces that he's a French Secret Service agent, and he's got his band of, uh, what, Jeans? They're all Jeans? They're all Jeans. All Jeans, Jean Jean. Yeah. Um, Jean-Pierre Melville. And basically, they... They agree they have to go back into the city and destroy the nest. Yes. At the same time, um, just... they try to do the tuna thing again in Central Park. Zilla gets wise to it, flies away, and they have a preposterous amount of helicopters following yes. it. Like, uncalled for. Like, it looks like a thousand helicopters are following the monster at this point. 
just like they'd all crash into each other and blow up, right? And he's just like smacking them. At yeah. Her at this point. Yeah. Uh, this is the closest the movie ever comes to looking like an actual Godzilla movie is when it runs out and jumps over the, I don't know, bridge embankment or whatever back into the river. Yeah. There's a shot where it actually looks like a Godzilla movie for about three seconds. And then... Don't worry, the Navy's got something... Right, and then George Washington Duke from Rocky Five, Mm -hmm. uh, who is the head Navy dude. Tom, you were probably asleep. (laughs) Did you notice that? You yeah. didn't no, okay. George Washington Duke. For, what what is this Rocky Five? There was a fifth Rocky. There is a fifth Rocky. That's the one where uh boxing promoter George Washington Duke seduces and betrays Rocky's protege, Tommy the Machine Gun, into and defeating Union Kane, getting the championship belt, but lacking the respect that he thought that would earn him. He uses this George Washington Duke uses this to go Tommy the Machine Gun into a final fight with Rocky at the end of that film. Spoiler alert. Street Rocky, fight. Street fight, Rocky wins. But <laughs> <laughs> Rocky Five is a good movie. <laughs> Everyone else deal with it because I'm tired of dealing with it for you, okay? Uh, anyways, George Washington Duke is back now as a Navy major or commander or whatever and he's like don't worry we got this and once again zilla expertly uh, like outswims to like missiles that are not heat seeking but i guess other torpedoes torpedo something and zilla swims in such a way where it nails the 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 sub yeah. Like one of the cuz there's, there's three subs so like two three of them sub- get destroyed or something like there's only I think one it's left just- Yes. No, I think it's just one gets destroyed. What he does is he goes under one and hits it with his spikes. So it's already sinking. And then the torpedoes that were following him hit the submarine. Yeah. Because they decided, let's surround it with submarine. I was okay with that. But then they (laughs) fire more torpedoes and... He hits the wall before he can tunnel. Yeah. It hits him. And it, they do show the body falling down and, again, ripping off Jaws. Jaws, yeah. Very specific shot in Jaws where the you can see the dorsal fin and the body kind of coming down through the water. And um, just a lot of scenes ripped off from Jaws. Yeah. Let's watch Jaws next time. Let's uh... uh Moving on. Moving on. Okay, so the nest scene in uh, Madison Square Garden. Shameless ripoff of the end of Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Tom. Yes. <laughs> uh, I walked out shortly before that scene, I think, uh, in 1998. And so I was really surprised this time when I watched it, and it turned into Jurassic Park two and a half. Right. Two and a half yeah. for 40 minutes. Um, it just didn't, it was like not a Godzilla movie anymore. I mean, I, I don't know. I just felt like I could have fast forwarded through that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it really gives you a clear idea as to what a, a Jurassic Park movie would look like if Steven Spielberg didn't direct it. Or Jurassic Park 3. Or Jurassic Park 3. Or Jurassic World. <laughs> so, but this was our earliest indication. Yeah. Uh, it's like what Jurassic a Jurassic Park, Park movie would look like without the genius, for, without yeah. the genius for storytelling efficiency of Spielberg, a year after Jurassic World. And then there's or, the sorry, part where Lost uh, World. Damn it. clueless <laughs> Matthew Broderick comes up into the middle of Madison Square Garden. Is like, 
wow, there's only three eggs. Yeah. He's oh, got wait, no peripheral he, vision. Yeah. He's got no peripheral vision because of that stupid hat. He's there must be right. more than 20 eggs here. Oh, wait. There must be about a thousand eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Start okay. counting. Again, he can only see it when the camera can see it. Yeah. Why do they have to count him? Yeah, why aren't they it's not... It's a blo- fuckload. Drop it <laughs> off. Yeah. Well, that's... The French guys... I don't know why Jean... This is another moment where Jean Renault does something questionable because he says start counting, but they're putting bombs on them. They're, like, planning to blow the place up, which right. is smart. That actually makes sense. Maybe count is the French word for put bombs on. Put the bomb. Put the bomb. Yeah. Voulez-vous yeah. coucher avec moi ces bombes? Uh, exactly. I, I noticed that these Zilla hatchlings were... Uh, gentle and goofy to the main cast members, but lethal to everyone who is French, who is not Jean Renault. Yeah, the I French mean, very, got taken I mean, out. They are minorities. That's kind of a general rule for the treatment of French people, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, By so anyone. At one point, a French guy gets attacked, and I'm pretty sure it says soccer boom. By the way, <laughs> which really? I thought was crazy. Soccer boom. He does say soccer boom. That's correct. <laughs> soccer boom. <laughs> Uh, so that's what they call a soccer riot in uh, France. Uh, I put. Um, Surprised you didn't say Royale with cheese. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> only got bit. Extreme hoops must be jumped through for Audrey's story arc. Uh, they have to find the uh, camera, uh, like the where they broadcast the Knicks games to the local sports affiliates or whatever. Mm-hmm. They find that place. Which I guess sort of makes sense, yeah. but they're still going at it with this like Audrey as a journalist arc, and it's just like by now it's just like fuck this, just yeah. blow up the place. Why are you wasting just time? Turn on the camera, say blow this shit up. <laughs> Hi, the phones aren't working. Look at this. You know, look at all these eggs. Blow this up for the love of God. Well, also Audrey and Hank Azaria decide to do an insanely dangerous thing and follow the French people there. Just to get a story. Just to get the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well to kind yeah. of help Matthew Broderick, yeah. I guess. Save his reputation. I, I guess. It, she feels bad for betraying him. And then meeting him again eight years later and betraying him again. We've got an example of the magical movie Elevator Door, uh, where Matthew Broderick sort of awkwardly maneuvers through about 40 of these Godzilla hatchlings and goes to the elevator door and like presses the button. It takes a while for the elevator door. It opens, and then he gets in, and then one of them sticks his head in, and he kicks the door, or, or, he kicks the little Zilla's head out when the door shuts on him. That's not how elevator doors work. It's, not, it's never how, it's not how elevator doors work in Manhattan, in Madison Square Garden, 1998, you know, so... That was the major logic flaw of this movie. And then he goes to a different floor. There's a whole bunch of more Zillas, and he's like, wrong floor, which was solid. That yeah. was solid, right? Hey. That was a hey. solid joke. Let's Hi-o. talk about the... Gumballs uh, and basketballs? The gumballs and basketballs. Yeah. <laughs> the magical uh, gumballs and uh, basketballs? But I think we figured it out yeah. while we watched it again today. Yeah. Um, so Matthew Biebs is running away again... These things are pursuing this after they've completed. Hopefully, please God, Audrey's uh, journalist story arc. Are like, okay, yes, the military knows they have to blow up Madison Square Garden, and they've got six minutes. So they're running out of the place, and the Beebs is being pursued by a whole bunch of these little Zillas. And so he's a pretty smart guy. He is a scientist. 
he knocks down all these basketballs, which are inexplicably in the outer part of uh, Madison Square Garden, not in the near the basketball court at all, and also uh, a bunch of gumballs. And logically, okay, this makes sense. All the little zillas slip on the gumballs and the basketballs. You know, it creates that you know obstacle, and they all fall down. That sort of makes sense. CGI gumballs. And CGI gumballs and basketballs. Now. You know, it takes about, you know, 30 seconds for them all to fall down. And Matthew Rogers, like a fucking idiot, is just standing there and be like, wow, it worked. They, uh, another shocking non-performance choice is just literally just dead air, dead brain, just looking forward. Uh, anyway, so well, you know, we, <laughs> the audience, would not be able to see that happen. He's just, he he's just so like, yeah. he's so, he becomes mystified with how well it worked, I think. Anyways, he goes down the stairs, and they are all looking at the foyer of Madison Square Garden, where there's, yeah. like, they decide to rip off the end of the birds slash aliens, where yeah. there's just, like, there's just a thousand of these little Zilla guys, and they're just like, oh, shit, or whatever. And then Matthew Broderick runs around the corner, and it waits, like, 30 seconds. He's like, we gotta get going. I think I lost a little bit of time, or whatever. And they, they, they cut back to the planes that are like, all right, there's Madison Square Garden. We got to, you know, you know, there it's in sight, sir, whatever. Then they cut back to the hallway behind Matthew Broderick. Keep in mind, on a different floor, all right, and, and the Zillas come around the corner with a ton of gumballs and basketballs <laughs> that they're slipping on. Now, are we, as the audience, to surmise that... The gumballs at bat. These are the same gumballs at basketballs, and somehow all these little zillas are like are. kicking all of them down, like multiple floors. No, like they're that's... following them, like pied pipers. Yes, yeah. like, they just have a trail of gumballs and basketballs. It's like, like it, does but like their... it's not like one. I, like I can understand like one or two gumballs at basketballs, like <laughs> falling. But this is like it just happened. Like then we just barely can't see it. But it's like he just turned them over. It's like. A, a torrent of them. Yeah. So okay. then what we theorized <laughs> while we were watching the movie is that maybe they forgot to get the shot of the Zillas coming around the corner and just, or didn't have it in the budget. So they were like, so some funny editor was like, let's take that first shot. We'll flip it around and see if they notice that there's gumballs and basketballs <laughs> in the shot. And, uh, Even though it breaks all the rules of reality. <laughs> either Roland Emmerich didn't notice uh, which is possible, Co or he cocaine, <laughs> or he just thought it was hilarious and yeah. left it in. Yeah, it's like look at them—they're falling over like idiots. <laughs> this is crazy. This is like when I used to see George Reeves movies with all my friends. We just go and laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Anyways, um, he talks about that on the DVD extras. He's like, oh, by the way, I know I don't like Godzilla movies. I've never liked them. No. They're stupid. <laughs> stupid. They're stupid trash. I would just go over like with Hercules movies, like with my friends, we'd go just go and laugh at them because they're trash. It's like <laughs> maybe you shouldn't direct Godzilla then, yeah. asshole. Um so JJ Abrams said he didn't care for Star Trek. He still made a great Wait, did, Star Trek movie. Did well, yeah. Schumacher make Batman and Robin in ninety eight as well? Or is that I think it's ninety seven. Okay, so we got it's two bad years yeah. <laughs> for movies. Woo! Dark times, dark so, dark times. Then they find the okay. So then the blow, like the military blows up. Like Jean Renault shoots the chandeliers. Uh, chandeliers and clears a path, and they run out and they, much like John McClane, they hold the door closed with the automatic machine gun, 
with the handles. And, uh, and then the Tomahawk missiles come in and blow up Madison Square Garden. And it's only like two missiles. And it is like the equivalent of like a million sticks of dynamite going yeah. off. I mean, it's like... It's an insane... It's, it's too big. It's too big. <laughs> like, but whatever. Yeah. It's one of the parts of the movie I like. And they're only so about 20 go. feet from it. And they're fine. they're no, totally fine. No burning. Yeah, well, that's, their hearing is fine. That's classic Hollywood stuff. Then there's a cab that they get into. Well, no. Then the real Zilla breaks its head up and roars and like comes out from under the ground. Oh, I really, dead actually, uh, I really did like the fact that they did uh, a crane pull out and had the music swell like it was the end of the movie. Yeah. And then the, and then it just got stopped short by Godzilla, and then they, they did the same shot in reverse, back <laughs> down. Like, it was like, let's take that back. I, th- I thought that was kind of funny, actually. Yeah. All right. Only the time in between then and the ship being destroyed had been as... All right, some evidence of wit and craft at the two-hour, uh, five-minute mark. <laughs> so again, that was the scene where the Japanese guys are getting killed in the beginning to the cut to singing in the rain to that pan, and then this shot. Yes. Those are the only times that Emmerich came up from his cloud of cocaine to be like, What? What? This movie's due out in two weeks? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I hate Godzilla movies, by the way. This is stupid. Let's make them sleek and sexy. Look like Shere Khan. Shere Khan. A Twinkie. That's what kids will love, right? He looks like a twink. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so then they get into the most indestructible movie cab since Escape from New York. Um, <laughs> this thing endures so much punishment. But real quick, I wanted to say they hide in a tunnel at one point. And Godzilla's proven himself to be pretty good at digging tunnels throughout most of this movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah. why does a tunnel stop him? Yeah. He's great at with tunnels. He's been burrowing through solid asphalt, yeah. concrete, dirt, water, uh, that's and like, rock. That's, and like, rock. that's like Roy Schneider hiding from Jaws in the water at the end of Jaws. At it's this point, like... Godzilla might as well have just tunneled through the mantle right. of the earth and then gone to New York straight from Polynesia. It would have been a straight shot th- through the planet core. Yeah. It's the fastest way. <laughs> Any boss ass knows that. <laughs> Anyways, um, so fucking, he's so good at going through tunnels. Like, why do they have him hide in a tunnel? They've established that so and thoroughly. And then suddenly his high beams, the high beams the of high the car. The high beams spook Godzilla, and then they're running around. And there's a, another instance of the power breath that Godzilla displays a couple of times in yeah. this movie that Dean Devlin switched to sort of radioactive breath, like 85% of the way through the production because so many people within the production were like, no, this is bullshit. Godzilla must breathe fire. Yeah. So he was like, he already took this concept that he had, which they had already established called power breath, where he was just breathing and just, would just knock stuff more like closer to like Mothra or Rodan's wind attacks. Yeah. Uh, and then they're just like, and then just throw some explosions over it, and it'll sort of look like fire breath. But the result is about as satisfying as you would surmise from that description, which yeah. is not really. No. <laughs> uh, so then O'Neill, who we have not, I don't think, mentioned yet. Oh, I like O'Neill the most. Yeah. I think play- O'Neill has the most, like, character arc. Yeah. reaction to what's happening. He's yeah. not, like... 
He's like scared. He seems kind of scared. Who's O'Neill again? He's this guy, mutant <laughs> soldier. Guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, right, right. He's this really. He's like a real. He's he, the grunt. He's the grunt the with the from, heart of gold. He was on Melrose Place. Like so many people in this movie, have just taken off of like mm. shitty Fox TV shows <laughs> from like 1996. And like, hey, we can pay this guy scale. And so they took. And this guy, you know, he, he's really rising to the occasion as an actor. Is he really goes? He does the Josh Dumal from Transformers, where it's like, "Hey, I may be a Gap model or whatever it is, but like, I'm really gonna try to act this time." And um, and he does all right, I guess. I don't know, but anyways, they Matthew Broderick throws O'Neill. They drive past him because the military is also coming back into the island, and Matthew Broderick throws the ID tag of the license plate to O'Neill and O'Neill grabs it and goes to the cab company and looks up the frequency of the radio to communicate with Matthew Broderick and Matthew Broderick's just like we're going to the suspension bridge which would only work if couldn't they just see where Godzilla was going I mean yes Godzilla and also as we see from the end of the film them going to the suspension bridge I think only works if he had read the script and knew that the planes were still in the air and could come back and still had missiles. Right. Well, like, that, well, that's yeah. well, they all had a copy of the movie on VHS. Yeah, yeah. so they could fast forward through the end. <laughs> because like, I've seen the end of the tape. <laughs> like I could understand if they were just running away across the bridge and then it just happened to work. But by this logic, he would have had to know that the planes were still in the air and that Godzilla would still follow them, land on the bridge get caught in between the uh there's a lot of things that needed to happen at any time godzilla could have just jumped off the bridge yeah also okay so godzilla swallows the cab for a while (laughs) a la pinocchio and um (laughs) matthew broderick sticks the like a a cable that i guess was under downtown manhattan up until like 30 seconds ago he just grabs it with his bare hands and sticks it into godzilla's gums I mean, dead instantly, right? <laughs> like, he would instantly be electrocuted or something? I don't, who, who cares? No, that's and, a, yeah, that's a minor shock. That's a minor shock, yeah. yeah. But, like, I mean, Matthew Broderick would be killed instantly, yeah. right, oh. if he tried uh, to touch that? It's a lot of wildly. Well, I mean, I think there was, like, a covered there was insulation. part of it that he, he was grabbing the insulation. And anyways... script needs insulation. So Godzilla spits him out, goes across the bridge... This part I, I like because you actually got to see the monster destroying stuff. Yeah. Which is one of the only times in the movie that happens, where like you actually see it happening. It's not just them looking and like, oh, look at this building that he ran through and some really cool looking thing that we didn't bother to film. Or like, a lot. It's a, this movie is a lot of the monsters lightly brushing up against the sides of buildings. And that's not super, like, you never get like the full on hoedown scene of this thing just focusing its attention on one building and just tackling it and, like, pushing it down. That's all we ever want from a Godzilla movie, and that never happens in this. Um, he gets tangled on the cables and the bridge, and then they shoot it with four missiles. It kills and, him. And Instantly. And dies, Because yeah. he finally can't use the crane technique and, like, dodge yeah. the missiles. Mm-hmm. A, they finally got him dead bang. His so. Shurkan reflexes no longer work. Because... You know, if I mean, any of those thousand helicopters had yeah. launched the missiles at him and to the right of him and to the left of him, they could have taken him out much earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
And then there's like, someone says something like, let's go halvesies on a pie or something. Where? <laughs> Where? Jersey, I, as, I guess. As Kara has mentioned, there's no like, stru- you know, all the, or you mentioned. There's other but... bridges into Manhattan, but again, th- that is going to be a dead space for yeah. a while. Well, because... when he goes to the pharmacy, that lady used to work in. Yeah, she is the most dedicated worker. <laughs> but wasn't that pharmacy in Jersey? Or was that... Or is that... No? I don't think... Uh, there's a lot of weird spatial things mm. around the hour and 40-minute mark where it's like, is everybody everywhere <laughs> all the time? Because no one ever seems more than like a five-minute walk from yeah. the other main group of characters. Yeah. It's like, is New Jersey that small? Or New York, wherever the fuck... What? All hallmarks of a great director when you can't tell literally where anyone is or what their interactions or motivations are to any of the other characters. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Special effects, skinny Godzilla. It's great. Um, and then Puff Daddy um, lures Jimmy Page out of retirement so he doesn't have to pay for the rights for Kashmir. Come with me. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll say when it comes to sampling a song, Puff Daddy does it right. Unlike that Schlemiel... Uh, Vanilla Ice, who, uh, I'm sorry, Ice Ice Baby is just a terrible song. He just took... I mean, I don't know if I'd pressure, say that. Under, pressure. Under, under Pressure by David Bowie, and then just says Ice Ice Baby over it. I'd, like, say, I'd no. say the more egregious form of sampling is when Hammer took This Is What It's Like When Doves Cry from the uh, Purple Rain soundtrack and turned it into You've Got to Pray Just to Make It Today, like four years after like Purple Rain. Jesus. And it's just like... That was it a is thing. literally it was seven years after Purple Rain. Purple Rain eighty five. Eighty four. Okay, eighty four, and that was ninety. Okay, six years. Six years, but it's like that's crazy. Well, he but did the same thing with Rick James. He did. That was a bigger hit. It was a huge hit. I will say, Puff Daddy became aware of the song Cashmere. I remember this very specifically. He was watching TV, and there was one of those Time Life only rock and roll commercials that came on. He had like Puff Daddy had not sought out Led Zeppelin and be like, maybe I should listen to this. He was like, he heard like that, da 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 da, and he's like, that's great. And so he like, that's when he was like, looked so it he, up. So he put <laughs> and, like, in he's a like, blank, there's a band called Led Zeppelin. He this put in great. a blank VHS tape into his VCR, recorded the commercial, <laughs> right. then sampled the audio from right. the commercial. But again, he didn't sample it because he went to Jimmy Page. And he's like. Here's a dumb so, truck full of cash. So Jimmy Page is yeah. actually That's doing... Actually, Jimmy Page is not a sample. He Holy re-recorded shit. that. That's why they didn't have to pay whatever, whoever. I mean, I, I I'm, guess I'm liking the other this, people from Led Zeppelin. This plant. song is already more interesting than this movie. Yeah. this They got Jimmy Page. The, they paid like, here's however million dollars. Just go da-da-da, da-da-da. <laughs> And he, he's, Jimmy Page is like, I like money for no reason, sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And um, and then in the video, Puff Daddy goes to the top of an elevator shaft and explodes into a cloud of doves. Right. But mm-hmm. then he falls through the air singing in a high-pitched voice. Yeah. Uh, I used to put that part on repeat. I <laughs> think it. I mean, it is majestic and soothing. <laughs> For those of you who don't remember, Time Life uh, Best Of uh, albums were released late at night in between uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not and, more importantly, the Guys Gone Wild commercials. 
uh, or Girls Gone Wild, or Wild Party Girls, or uh, the various. Gone uh, wild. Oh yes, Guys Gone Wild. You know, the, were there commercials for Guys Gone Wild? Oh or? yes, I don't remember that. Yeah, there were I've more for girls uh, for Girls Gone Wild, and more All for uh, Wild Party Girls, the off-brand. But every now and then, Guys Gone Wild would come out, which you know, of course, uh, I never, never, never looked at. No, Was no, 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 no. Aimed but, at men or women? Or guys, I, I think for guys who. Is that even who anything pretend a woman to like women, to <laughs> but who really like men? <laughs> I mean, it's the same concept. It's like, okay, we got these two frat boys to kiss. Uh, like enough about that. guys gone wild. <laughs> no, but oh, okay, but the time life is—you know—they'd say you couldn't spend hours in a store trying to find. What all we're these trying songs. to tell you is there used to be this thing called television before <laughs> Netflix and Crackle and Hulu minus. <laughs> Sometimes they sold, they, and there were these things called commercials, discs. compact discs. Um, okay, but okay, so Puff Daddy, who is now the, we can call him Puff Daddy again because he changed it back from P Diddy for, to Puff Daddy for the reunion tour. Puff, continue. Daddy <laughs> uh, covered Cashmere, mm-hmm. and then the other big song from the soundtrack was Jacob Dylan and the Wallflowers mm-hmm. covering. Yeah. By, uh, David Bowie's Heroes, yes, yeah. which uh, was actually the first time I heard that song because I was not oh. cool. I do not like that cover. <laughs> you had not seen anything from David Bowie on the time no, live. I, I think Bowie night, was just a so big, you had not sought it out. Yeah, yet. <laughs> Bowie was just a big blind spot for me. And, right, uh, I was like, this isn't very good. Yeah. Maybe David yeah. Bowie isn't all that. Yeah, and uh, I, I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, sort of an overrated weirdo. Right. Yeah, probably. Uh, Jacob, Wait, who is great is the Wallflowers. Uh, oh, the Wallflowers. We're not spending nearly enough time. Did they do that time. song that was like, you could see the road that we yes. walk on. Is that crazy. was Fastball. Okay, that was Fastball. Oh, that was Fastball. Fastball. So, who did, so who did the other one? So what did they do? <laughs> they did We Can Be Heroes. No, before that. What was their hit? One head, one taillight oh. or one headlight. Yeah, I was thinking those were the Me and song. Cinderella <laughs> put it all together. <laughs> we can drive home. Yeah. With one headlight, beardy. Nothing better than in the <laughs> middle. Right, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was it. Yep. To say nothing of Jamiroquai's addition to the soundtrack, Deeper Underground, which is the only song that addresses Godzilla's newfound tunneling abilities. Mm. And uh, also, and I just Green, let Green Day know. was on the soundtrack as well. Oh. With the remix of Brain Stew. I just, I just want to remind you, Mike, you could spend hours looking for all these songs at your local, <laughs> right. at your and, local and, radio. And hundreds of dollars yes, pooling um, all the separate collections together. But now, Time Life has put them all together in one convenient... All, we should mention that David Arnold's complete theatrical score was not released until 2007. Really? This movie. really? But it was finally, like, people lobbied for it enough huh. that they were like, all right, Fuck you, mm. we'll finally release the what full... People? I don't know. Maybe they, a few people listed to the show. Soundtrack aficionados <laughs> out there. Sound, It's not there, a bad there are score. Websites dedicated it's mixed to poorly scores. into the action of this film, but you can yeah. tell there's a cool score going on underneath the mindless rabble of a lot of these scenes. So it's worthy enough to create a, a GeoCities uh, <laughs> website. Oh, GeoCities, <laughs> classic gaps. Uh, speaking of websites... Uh, if you remember, there was a ad campaign for this movie. I think the poster was just this really ugly black poster with green words that said "size does matter." Yeah, yeah. and um, which is ironic because, like, for forty-five minutes of the movie, it's just a bunch of little Godzillas 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and um, for what Godzilla is the main threat, he's gone for most of that period yeah. of time. Also, and also he's like a pretty small Godzilla compared to twenty fourteen. Godzilla puts him to shame, but yeah. he's yeah. bigger than a lot of them. But like, well, definitely twenty fourteen is definitely more this. body positive. I'd say you know. Right. Um, oh, he's embraced it. He's yeah. definitely <laughs> the I can't believe I ate the whole thing, Godzilla. Right, <laughs> and he's very bloated. I can't believe it is butter. Um. Yeah. He just gets a treadmill. He can lose most of that. And start. You gotta count calories, man. You gotta do it. You can't eat bread at every meal. Anyways, the the point is, is that the in the Millennium series, they're like, all right, fuck you. We're gonna scale up the real the Japanese Godzilla up like at least like seventy feet above wherever they said he was yeah. in this movie. It's hard right. to tell how big he is because well, cause he's not walking. He's the size erect. of a subway tunnel, tunnel yeah. and then doesn't he hug the Empire State Building at one point? Something like that. Something? Like another thing to point out, he's not erect. I don't mean that jokingly. Right. He is not walking upright. Right. And so that comes tell. from Jurassic Park changing what for years Right. Had been known about the right. Tyrannosaurus, yeah. how it had walked, and they're thinking like, well, Jurassic Park made lots of money, so we're going to make a... Just, yeah, just make yeah, him a big raptor. Make, right. make him a big raptor. So, so this, this ad campaign that they did, Size Does Matter, uh, the Star Wars website... Um, the Star Wars website put a parody poster on the front page of StarWars.com after this movie bombed at the box office and got a bunch of bad reviews. It said, Plot Does Matter... May 1999, which is hilarious because <laughs> the plot of Star Wars Episode One is not among the most widely praised aspects of its uh, existence. And I mean, if any, it does have plot, it has too much plot. Let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. I think um, the plot's pretty boss nass of Episode it's, One. It's super boss nass, man. <laughs> but. Is there a time life soundtrack? That is the more important aspect. I mean, I just can't believe George one. Lucas allowed that shade to be thrown. I mean, he's like a pretty. He's not. He's not a guy. He's that kind would, of a pacifist. Yeah. He's not. That's not his style to directly go at. Yeah, and he was still in control. That's before the monster size guys had came in and bought it out. Right. Yeah. Disney, I think their name. Yeah. So. That's old school internet flame wars. Yeah. Now it would just be Godzilla's or someone telling Godzilla's <laughs> Twitter account to delete their account or right. whatever fucking bullshit right. they do now. Send them a... Right. So uh, Matthew Broderick was also in Election in 1999, which is actually a good movie. It's a good movie, mm-hmm. and he gives a good performance. He's, in it's hard it. to believe that. It's he's hard clearly believe, awake. Yeah. It's hard to believe film. that movie came after Godzilla. Do you yeah. think I, that? Um, and then no one else is worth talking yeah, about. No. Harry Shear and Hank Azaria are still trapped in the hellscape that is The Simpsons. Yes. <laughs> 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 the barren hellscape. Do you think that uh, uh, Roland Emmerich? Um, Sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. Once I think of it, I'll say it again with a okay. clean start. Look, I'm go just going to put it to you this way. After seeing the trailer for Stonewall, I think Roland Emmerich needs to go back to making these type of movies. Well, he is. He's making Independence Day Resurgence. Perfect. Perfect. And that's... then after that, he needs to make Godzilla Resurgence. Yes. that That's fine. I'm all for this as long as he just doesn't touch any serious subject matter ever again. Never do it again. I mean, I think it's I way ahead of you. Stonewall was not well received. No, uh, look, for years people had been like, oh, what would an art film by Roland Emmerich be like? And now when he made one, we're like, just go back to blowing just, up shit, please. For just, the love of God, go back to destroying aircraft carriers by the bushel. Yeah. 
Ironically, the Straight to Crackle Universal Soldier movies ended up surpassing the actual theatrical release Roland Emmerich movies. Like, if you've seen Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning with Scott Atkins, <laughs> it's awesome. Van Damme is just, dude does a hard turn, turns into the bad guy, and it's fucking great. Way better than 2012 or whatever. I didn't I see Stonewall, but I remember it not being well received. Stonewall was poorly received. Uh, I, I, do you, was there ever any indication that Roland Emmerich was going to cast, like trying to cast Jeff Goldblum in the Matt Broderick role? Because I feel like Goldblum, I mean, there's precedent there. He was in Jurassic Park, yeah. and then he was in Independence Day. And he's that you know, would have been a the, cool little trilogy to set up. Actually. The scientist character and like every other the, movie he's in. You know, that's a big pile of fish. Like, like, like it's just there. That, it's almost okay, like Matthew yeah. Broderick is like some kind of like shitty like third rate exactly replacement for what Jeff Goldblum was supposed. If, if Goldblum, this is a fascinating theory. I'm glad you dug for this, Tom, because just if like Godzilla. if Goldblum. And we're just spilling over into just raw conjecture and theory now, which we. <laughs> I've tried to not do that much on the show, but it's hard. But, not but to. it's hard not to. With this, you want to dream big. Like if Size if if Goldblum would have shown up in this, that would have completed like a scientist trilogy, like ninety four, ninety six, and uh, ninety eight, and that would have been cool because they did that in the real Godzilla movies constantly. They would always cast like the same guy as a scientist, but he'd be a different character mm-hmm. every time. But he was always the scientist. So that. Obviously, when you add Goldblum to any movie, it makes it like easily forty to fifty-five percent better instantly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd pay to see, yeah, this movie with with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, 100%. I think the character would make a lot more sense with mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum. Or at least be. Hey, more. let's dreamcast the rest. I just said dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's dreamcast the rest of the movie. Oh, great. Wow. Okay, so for Audrey. Heather um, Graham. Heather Graham. Ninety-eight. <laughs> yes. Go for it. I was gonna say Audrey True. Was she still alive in ninety-eight? Is she still alive? I don't know who that is. Porn star <laughs> turned singer. She made that one hit more, more, more. So you've been listening to the Godzilla nineteen ninety-eight <laughs> podcast, everybody. Let's end it there. Good luck editing this. This monstrosity. Uh, it's a long this monster one. piece. Mm-hmm. Not the longest we've ever done, though. Not by about 40, 40 minutes. minutes. You want to talk for 40 more minutes? I got more to say. Yeah. What do you have Please. to say, Tom? Does it involve 9-11? No. Does it, uh, let's does it involve 9-11 bullshit? Mil- women and children I mean, being murdered. Let's have the final airing of grievances here. <laughs> There's just... Yeah, I, I think I said everything I wanted to say regarding it being like a shitty Paul Verhoeven thing with its social commentary regarding 9-11, so fuck that. Okay. Um, uh, rest in peace, Gene Siskel, Roger Ebert. Yeah. Who are not technically in this movie, but are characters in it. Yeah. Both the people who play them are still alive. But, yeah. It's... Uh, look, since we are the Godzilla Pod War Hour, how does this stack up against other Godzilla films? Oh, there's it's yeah. better than several Godzilla yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> sadly, of the 90s, when you compare it to the 90s, oh, it all, is, every one of them. 
disturbingly more watchable. Yeah, oh, it's better than uh, Godzilla movie. As unwatchable as it is, <laughs> it is something you could definitely put on in the background. I would and... say maybe Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah is a little bit better just because yeah. of how batshit crazy it is. I'd say, what about this Destroya? The, I mean, still, it still has crippling pacing issues uh, and a lot of the same, like, oh, let's rip off aliens halfway through it yeah. syndrome. Like... Um, I mean, just out of hand, I'd say it's it's definitely better than everything from the high side series except Godzilla '85. As far as being able to like watch it and not be like, oh my god, why is this not over yet? Now there's still a lot of that here, but yeah. not to the extent yeah. of those movies. Um, I'd say almost all the Millennium movies have it beat, hands down. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff from the '60s is just flat out much much better. Maybe yeah. you could have an argument for Godzilla's Revenge. Because this is more of a traditional movie and not actually like a child's fantasy yeah. dream sequence for the whole movie. I mean, that, so technically that, this did happen. I mean, Godzilla's Revenge, a.k.a. Oops, all stock footage. Yeah. Uh. Um, <laughs> I'd say that's about it, though. Everything else starts to get either so yeah. bad it's good or is like genuinely... Now, wait, what about this Maybe versus Son 2014? Because I'm kind of... I'm kind of on the same level. Like, I feel like whatever one movie has better than the other, the other movie... Well, I, yeah. I, I don't think anyone has a, as good a performance as Brian Cranston yeah. in the Godzilla 24... Or as a committed uh-huh. performance as he does in that movie. And I don't think there's... There's nothing that equals the level of genius of the cutaway from the Hawaii attack of in Godzilla 2014 of, like, no, we're not going to show it. You know, I like the initially when he made that choice, I thought that was like that's incredible. Yeah. But then when he does it again, like one word invested later, yeah. when you want to see Godzilla, then it's like okay, fuck you. But like yeah. that was really smart and really cool. So those are two good things. <laughs> I feel like Godzilla '98 is very of its time in a bad way, and so is Godzilla 2014. Yeah, they're both like the bad. Things from a lot of action movies during those two time periods. Like, 98 right. is, like, too goofy, too whatever, and 2014 is, like, too serious, too dark, like... Yeah. The, the, I think the, boring, the biggest action movie from that summer was Armageddon, right? But do you know what the highest grossing movie of 98 was? What? Passion of the Christ. No. It was 2005. That was 04. Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Dave and Private Ryan. Oh, oh. Did not see that one coming. Oh. Yeah. People just weren't in the mood for this Godzilla bullshit. <laughs> oh, no. When you well, see... Well, it came out the same weekend as Deep Impact. Like, fantastic Which movie. was like the the smart, like, college professor version of Armageddon. Well, okay. It, no, was, it was the competent version of Peter Armageddon. With Peter O'Toole, right? Armageddon was the let's snort... Pixie Sticks version of Deep Impact. <laughs> the Mountain Dew commercial. Now, wait, what was the Mountain one... Gatling Guns to Space Vehicles version of Deep Impact. What was the movie where you think it's a heist film, but then it turns into a kaiju film? It's the... Hard, Hard Rain with Morgan Freeman? No, no, no. no. Same year, 98. It's um... Oh, Deep Impact. Or Deep Rising. Deep Rising, yes. Treat Williams. That is a fantastic movie. That's back, back when, yeah. I want to say Scott Summers, but that's Cyclops. Yeah. <laughs> Someone Summers, he made all the Mummy movies. Yeah. And Van Helsing. That was what ended yeah. his career, he made Van Helsing. Yeah. 
Um, but that was his first movie, and that was '98. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, Deep Rising yeah. is better than this. It's definitely, because you go in thinking it's one thing, and then it's just like, oh, the, you know, shit just got real. There's a fucking squid that's yeah. trying to. Well, plus Deep Rising has Chilton from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yes. That actor is amazing. <laughs> He's the poor man's Nick Nolte. He's uh, poor man's nothing. He's from the Boar's Head Theater in Lansing, Michigan. Who? Where? I forget his name. Anyways, never mind. <laughs> we may have gone slightly off topic. The is that, point is... Is that is, where the Juggalos are from, was, Mike? What were we talking about? Wild Wild West? Wild Wild West. <laughs> is that what we were... Well, oh, yeah, that movie also Wild happened. Wild that that was, was that 99 or 98? A lot 99. of that stuff from the 90s that was yeah. just like, uh, just bear down and get through it. <laughs> Go to your happy place. Until <laughs> yeah. it's over. Uh, um, yeah. I don't know. Just They can't make a Godzilla movie in America because America's never had a nuke dropped on it. Yeah. So it's just never it's just fundamentally never yeah. going to work. No. The same way. No. You can make a different monster movie. I close They have. Works. Yeah. You know, you can do King Kong, you can do you can do you can you can deconstruct the American legend via kaiju. You just can't put Godzilla on it. Yeah. You know, cuz it's not. That's it it's work. from Japan. Yeah. Um Anyways, God or Independence Day Resurgence coming out next week. Probably gonna blow. Oh, good. <laughs> Are they making a sequel to the 2014? I mean, yes, but Gareth Evans, Ed, Edwards, whatever Gareth has has dropped out of it mm-hmm. after the problems reported from uh, Rogue One or the massive amount of reshoots from Rogue One. He's like getting bogged down in it or something. So he, he officially left Godzilla 2 about a month ago. Well, Roland Emmerich is their name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not doing anything. <laughs> yep. I'm sure, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Independence Day Resurgence does have Jeff Goldblum. And he's the best part of all the trailers. Because it's like he's... Which means he's going to die. Mm. He's going to die. They did that with... Uh, mm. Listen, if you haven't watched the new Star Wars movie, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, do not spoil Star- Force Awakens. Do not do that on the show. We'll give people, like, at least a full year, calendar okay. year. There's, 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 maybe there's people who care about it who somehow haven't seen it yet. It's possible. Okay. Um, wait, I'm just saying, he's in all the trailers. Isn't anyone going to comment on the white elephant in the room that this is the last... Episode of the Godzilla Pod War Hour. Uh, you gotta end it. These people need to go home. Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, good point. Great, excellent point, Tom. Um, Except for the fact that there's a new Godzilla movie coming with it. Listen, plus, plus. we're happy and proud to announce that Nathan Bear has decided to make something out of himself and do something with his life. Other than bumming around the city that we currently live near. And uh, so I am happy for him, and we are all very happy for him. And uh, that so we're going to uh, maybe stop making the show as often. Also, we've completely run out of content. Yes. <laughs> because we're doing Godzilla 1998. But, as Tom pointed out, 
Um, yes, Godzilla Resurgence, a.k.a. Shin Godzilla, comes out next month. But what you have to remember is it's coming out in Japan. At this time, we have no concrete information about it having a release in America with subtitles anytime this year, uh, 2016. So... Obviously, we have to review it. It's a new Godzilla movie, but we are in the stages of figuring out how that's going to happen. Skype. Skype. Yeah. We, we other... can find a way to make it happen. However, it's going to be a while before this content is available. Right. In, in, a, in, in good, a way that, yeah, yeah. that, that we want to watch it. Obviously, yeah. like the day after it premieres, which will be like July 30th, there's going to be some bootleg copy on the internet with no subtitles that... If you are just a Turkakonist fiend for Godzilla, that's from the Christmas story. It doesn't really make any sense out of context. But if you are like completely addicted to Godzilla, you're gonna watch it. Yeah. You know, who's to say I'm not just gonna snap and get up at four o'clock in the morning and like some find it on some site, Billy Billy or whatever, the Chinese YouTube, and watch the whole thing. What is it called? That's it. Billy B I L I B I L I. Yeah. What he said, who's, you know, I can't promise I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to try to hold off as long as I can. Look, I live near a theater that showed Attack on Titan parts one and two earlier this year, or like the same year when it came out, like they showed it. So like, I don't think it's going to be a huge problem for me to see it in the theater. But again, next year, maybe. Yeah. We just don't know. We're not sure. Uh, But we will make the effort to come together. Right. If we uh, last through the next year, <laughs> you never know what Broderick might be uh, roaming uh, the streets. Right. <laughs> oh, no. No, not like this. So um, we, we hope that we've maybe uh, tried to uh, you know, have a little fun looking back through the Godzilla movies. We said... We were one of our mission statements was to try to figure out why Godzilla is still popular after all these years. I don't think we ever addressed that in a single episode. Uh, I, I so think I, it's I think it's just because he blows shit up. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I think he's that's funny it. Funny looking, his roar is cool. It's it, it's hard because we don't look at this merely as fanboys, but as people who just love movies in general. Right. So and we hope you've learned something. Yeah. We hope you have a couple of laughs too. And, uh, you know, the the point is, is that uh, we're great for people who take long <laughs> car rides. The, thing, the point is that we're great. Yes, okay? we're great. We're great people. We're great, we're great podcasters. <laughs> Sometimes great things. Yeah. Good things happen to great people. So uh, we'll still have the, <laughs> we still have the Facebook account and the uh, the Twitter account. And uh, you can find the Tumblr. Uh, you know, good luck. Uh, treat yourself to a... To a matcha latte, courtesy of Starbucks. Uh, you, mm. you you can pay for it, of course. The uh, s'mores. The s'mores. Uh, have you had the s'mores thing from, from Starbucks? Any of you, this open question. Have, have not. Food. Yeah, it's real good. It's really good. Yeah, you get that marshmallow-flavored whipped cream. Dude, it's so good. I want to shove it all in my face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, if we could, if I could sum up the Godzilla pod war our succinctly in one phrase i would quote howard brown and say bad things happen to good people but good things happen to great people <laughs> i can't i can't get it out it's the best line it's the most amazing ad-libbed line i've ever heard in my life and i think that can be applied to this podcast yeah. you know we we 
we tried to be entertaining along the way, and we tried to maybe look at this thing in a maybe slightly different thing than other than who would win in a fight, you know, yeah, uh, Godzilla or Gamera. But who who would win in a fight, Godzilla or Gamera? Obviously, Gamera, right? From the from the nineties ones. 90s, well, yeah, yeah if it's if it's nineties Gamera versus nineties Godzilla, then yeah, I got any yeah, version of yeah. Godzilla. Any ver- I mean, that's hard to say. I'd have to... Honestly, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like when they say, oh, who would win in a fight? Luke Skywalker or... Robocop. Robocop. It doesn't Obviously Robocop. Matter. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> Robocop would target his dick. <laughs> he's, got, he's got real good targeting. You saw yes. that. Oh, yes. From the first movie when yeah. he shoots that guy in the dick. <laughs> All right, so... That would be cut out. Uh, <laughs> that we put that is the opening. Kara, right. uh, I feel like you haven't really said anything for about thirty minutes. But you've known us for you've known us for a long time. Uh, you want out? You have a real job, yeah. and I know you're not going to get much sleep tonight. And I'm sorry about that. You think this podcast is long? See how long is pre-editing for everybody? For Nathan Bear, Tom Beto, Kara Palermo, I'm Mike Kelly. I guess. I'm Nate Bear, I think. Um, uh, mugs up. Mugs up. Hugs up. Listen, Mike, it's been an amazing... Uh, I finally figured out what yeah. I wanted to say at the end of every episode in the last episode. Yeah. Shit! <laughs> I was going to say, Mike, it's been a pleasure. It's, uh, you know, it's like I kind of sort of found a soulmate when finding you. <laughs> I had somebody I exactly we, what we, you mean. We, we could talk about. <laughs> I uh, kind of sort of know exactly what you mean. The, these uh, movies for an extended period of time and get people to listen to us uh, do so. And uh, that's really all that matters: getting yeah. attention from strangers. Right. Uh, that's who say who's to say if we're not going to come back at some point? You know, never say never. But for a while, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of a even more prolonged bump in the uh, distribution of new content, like two years between each yeah. new episode. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's it. I love you, man. I love you too, Mike. Thank you. Uh, not, not you, Tom. That's the... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Good night, everybody. Tom, thank you for letting us use your microphone. Yes, sure. Yeah, you... I gave you the microphone for Christmas. It's yours. Thank <laughs> you.